all in the game with David Downey and Neil Atkinson. Everything and anything football. It's all in the game on City Talk 105.9. Splendid there, Neil Atkinson with you, uh, Dave Downey with you, right the way through until 7 o'clock. Splendid there, Dave, to hear that uh, the White House Secret Service staff were searching with torches, <laughs> as opposed to all those searches that take place without the torch. Yeah, I don't think the drones got much to fear, has it, from those deadly torches? The torches, the torches are what's going to do the business in the end. Uh, we're going to talk in part three, we're going to talk about Liverpool versus Chelsea in part two. We're going to talk, I'm going to ask Dave Downey the question, have Everton ever been angrier? as a club and as a support because they seem to me to be absolutely fuming and then in part one though we'll talk about Liverpool's game against Bolton there the weekend what did you think Dave you must have seen this you must have watched it live on television yeah it was and I'm worried about saying this sort of thing because it does feel as though you you talk your team down a little bit in one way or another at times or, or, or you can feel as though you're making excuses for them it very much just felt like one of those games yeah it was and we used to see these a lot under Liverpool particularly in Brendan Rodgers first year it was those exact type of games you come away scratching your head thinking did anything actually happen in that 90 minutes I think Liverpool have had spells of that this season when They've actually tried to do that when they've tried to make nothing happen in spells of games and and something to you know kick, kick life into them. Uh, yeah, you were on the wrong mic there, Neil. <laughs> I don't know if anyone actually heard anything you've said there. People think I might be talking to myself. Yeah, like a man in a room. It's, it's only just I can't believe I've just done that. It's nobody at all, Dave. It's only just occurred to me there. I, I, listeners, if that if you couldn't hear me then when I was, I was talking into the microphone that wasn't switched up, uh, I've just worked that out now. But we've, we'll, we'll make it smooth now going forward, Dave. I've just come back yeah. from a stag do in Dublin. It's astonishing I'm here. I and alive you didn't and want to know that. That's why I didn't mention it. Um, <laughs> so what we'll do then, no. is we'll talk, we'll, well, very quick, if you didn't hear, part three, we're going to talk about Chelsea. Part two, we're talking about Liverpool versus Bolton. Part, th- part one, sorry, part two, we're going to talk about Everton. And part one, we're going to talk about Liverpool uh, versus Bolton. So what I was saying there was that it was very much one of those games, Dave. That's what we're saying. Yeah, it was. And uh, do you know what? I actually enjoyed it as a cup tie. I thought it was really good. I thought Bolton defended fantastically well. Very impressive. Yeah. uh, Bogdan had a decent game in goal as well. And I stress to say decent because I hear Liverpool have been linked with him today, which is going a bit far based on one performance that we've seen. Because I remember when he was a Bolton couple of years back when they were in the Premier League and he was awful so uh, I don't wouldn't read too much into that if you're looking for a scoop on all in the game but um, in, in terms of in terms of the game I thought Liverpool were a clinical finish away from killing the tie dead and, and that, that didn't come though he, he made one world class save from Barini uh, and by world class that was still in a direction in which he knew the ball was heading yeah. so you know let's let, let sort of temper it down a little bit but um, Liverpool's his finishing was was quite poor, I thought, in general. Uh, penetration wasn't exactly there, but yeah, th- that's what happens in, in games like that. That that was it's that awesome. was almost like a traditional New Year's game when everyone can't be bothered. You well, know, it, it, a it, Boxing Day game where you turn up and you think, just here for the sake of it, lads. You know, I, I love the thought of having a game on today, but yeah, I'm not really that up for it. It felt like uh, one of those games where. It's between these two Chelsea games, and yeah, it felt like the, the spectre of that was hanging over want, it. Yeah. yeah, Liverpool's intensity wasn't there. Uh, I didn't feel. You know, you compare that to the last the, the last half an hour against Chelsea, when it was wave after wave after wave of Liverpool attack, and then you look at that game where, yeah, and it also it, it, it's the nature of the team you're up against. But it, it, because Bolton was so committed to the idea of just you, of just getting this, getting this nil nil, of getting this result, I think that that 
that killed Liverpool a bit as well. You know, I think that it was that was what I think made it difficult for Liverpool. It's getting the first goal in these games. That's the critical thing. That's the most important thing in football is getting the first goal. We're going to talk about Everton part two, but I think that this is currently the Everton problem. We'll talk about the penalty yeah. and all that sort oh, of yeah. stuff. But when when a side turns up and sits there and goes, well, what are you going to do? That's it. What are you going to mm. do? Then that makes it really, really difficult. And you've got to get that first goal. And if Liverpool had got the first goal, they probably would have gone and got two or three. But it's getting that first goal. And I think that, that was that's what you're looking at. And it really is. And it's, you know, you're, you're going to say to your blue in the face this season as a Liverpool supporter, it really is about the fact that you need a proper centre forward. I thought Sterling did well. I think he's obviously done really well recently. But there have, have been a couple of games where. He's not going to have that intensity for you every mm. single match. He's not going to be... You basically can't have the idea of, well, he's going to go past three and slot it in the bottom corner. It's not going to happen every no. game. You need that centre-forward. Yeah, you do. And it, that, that day that the people have turned lacklustre performances into a scrappy 1-0 win, uh, that Liverpool, uh, funnily enough, didn't need that much last season because you, you, you generally steamrolled teams. But when, when an opposition sets up like that, it, it is that one genuine bit of class that you need. I'm, and... Or that scrappy bit of luck, and Liverpool had neither on the day. Um, I, I just thought that, in in terms of the, the likes of the players we've we've spoken about coming along uh, in recent weeks, the likes of Emre Can, um, Markovic as well. I, I thought he, he was nullified, although he probably should have had a penalty slash sending off. Mm. Um, I thought the referee bottled that. So you know, you know, a different day Liverpool go through with KC of a one 0 win from the penalty spot. Um, I thought the. Liverpool didn't have that sort of that that X factor they had against Chelsea, but I, I thought it'd be there, not in as much obviously not in as much of the sense it was against Chelsea because it's Chelsea at home, it's a totally different game. But I still thought a remnant of that intensity would be there. Neil, that was a disappointing thing for me. Um, have, having said that, considering the results on the weekend, a draw is no poor result other than the fact it piles the games up for Liverpool. Yeah, I think that that's a key thing. It is the number of games that begin to come onto the horizon. But I do think that the, you look at the astonishing thing that happened at Stamford Bridge, because that's a crazy result. Mm. It really is a crazy result. So you look at what's happened to Manchester City there. You can see that basically it, you're at the stage of the season where you feel as though football teams are just taking body blows mm. all the time like, it's another game it's another game with high intensity or if you can't match their intensity you know finding out Chelsea's results was absolutely crackers I just yeah. couldn't believe no, that, that happened to them but th- that that does happen to them it puts where Liverpool were and what Liverpool were doing it does put it into a little bit of a little bit of context whereas again it feels as though you're letting people off the hook and all this sort of stuff but where you can go well to be honest with you, that's obviously worse. They got beat, but also yeah. they conceded four goals at home to a lower to a lower league side. Mm-hmm. They didn't just get beat one 0 They didn't get picked off, which could have happened to Liverpool. Um, but Liverpool was stronger than that. And I think that's the most interesting thing is that that is is the strength that Liverpool show from a positive perspective in terms of I think they they didn't look like they were ever going to score, but they mm. didn't concede. And in the last sort of half an hour of the game, they didn't really look like conceding either. I think that's the big deal. Mm. It wasn't as though but there was. 10 minutes where Liverpool were on the rack or anything like that where they were panicked they didn't seem panicked they just didn't seem quite good enough and I think that that's the key thing Well I think there's a lot to be said in the contrast between what a 0-0 draw against Bolton at home in the FA Cup is at this moment for Liverpool compare that to if that was a result what even even as near ago as three months ago I I think Mm. that's a catastrophic result for Liverpool three months ago and you can't draw any positives from it whatsoever Um, you you probably cling on to the, the fact that it was a clean sheet but you know you look at present day and that is not a bad result for Liverpool okay you've got the backdrop of what happened on on Saturday afternoon at Chelsea and City and whatnot but you put that in the context of this season you know Liverpool go again to get into the last 16 of the FA Cup Um, they're still in 
you know, yeah. the, the, with, a, with a great shout of getting through to Wembley with the League Cup as well. So, you know, you you put that result down, you chalk it off, and you, and you, you, you know, you just put it down to a bad day at the office. That is how little it, that's how little and how much it should mean in one single blow rather than the the catastrophe it potentially could have been several months ago. And that that's the way modern society think of things, isn't it? And the fact that Liverpool can take positives from this shows how far they've come in recent weeks. It's also interesting to, uh, to talk about the shape, again, in the context of what you just said there, Dave, because yeah. I think that the shape, you know, you could see even more. So Liverpool played well with one recognised centre-half um, in, in that side, mm. you know, with, with, with Johnson where Johnson was and playing the way in which he played. I mean, Enrique's first half was dreadful and, and he pays the price for that when he, when he comes off. But Liverpool have gone into that game with one recognised centre-back. What I think is difficult, though, is, and this began to happen last season, you didn't see where the change was from the bench. No. You didn't see what, what Brendan Rodgers is going to do to change this. He tries to force Barini on, he drops Sterling back to right wing back, thinking he'll give him a bit more space, a bit more room to run into with the ball, but Bolton were just sitting with such this, with this ridiculously low block that Liverpool could never get near them. But I think that's, that, that's, your, that's the interesting <coughs> one. There hmm. is, if you're going to play like this, and I, as I say, I really like the shape, and I think you actually learn more about the shape, seeing it, seeing it play with slightly different players, doing, mm. doing things a little bit different. You found, found out a little bit more about that shape, and I like it, but if you then look at the bench and you don't feel you've got to move, and that's the problem. And I think that the the, the easy the easy move in football is always lash someone else on at centre forward. I think there's an element of that there. But and I'm you know I'm fine with it. And then the, the, there was the big half time move, which is to get Markovic on. But you couldn't really see what that second change was. Mm. And this is where I think you know if you can, and this is where maybe Liverpool it would have been nice to conceivably have seen Balotelli or something. I think just someone with a bit of with, with that sort of presence who who will concern the opposition centre halves. That's not to talk Fabio Barini down because I think he's been impressive recently. But what he doesn't do is he doesn't make the opposition go, "Oh no, we've got to deal with this fella. Mm-hmm. We've only gone for seventy, and now we've got to deal with this yeah. fella." And I think that's a, that's and this is you know we, we, this is the thing I keep saying. You know, you're going to say this to you blue in the face this season about add a centre forward and imagine what Liverpool would look like. But I. I do still think you know this is why you want to have goals on the bench and if there's a problem in general with this Liverpool side with with all of these players with the possible exception of Adam Lallana they don't get the goals they should get mm. they don't you, you don't look at any of them and go you know Sterling could also be an exception to that to be fair to him but even still you want to see his finishing improve a little bit but you, you're not looking at them going you know Coutinho is not a, is not a 15 a season man and if he's if he's your, your third most advanced footballer he probably needs to be. He needs yeah. to be a ten to fifteen a season man, for all of his qualities, for all of his strength that we've seen all season. He's been he's been wonderful, Coutinho. Last ten games, he's been absolutely brilliant. But you need to put goals, and you've got to put the ball in the back of the net, and that's what Liverpool needs, and that's what what's got to get resolved ASAP. Mm. But the, the counter argument to that, Neil, is you know we, we spoke a, a few weeks about how ludicrous it seemed on the surface to send Raheem Sterling away for a holiday in the middle of the season, and that paid off for Rodgers. Mm. It, 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 it now looks. Uh, on the surface of it, a stroke of genius, and I'm just wondering if by tiptoeing around these fine lines that Liverpool have created for themselves by not having those goal scorers, I'm just wondering that will they come up out the other side of it much better for it? As in, you know, you, you've still got studs to come back. You, you, you've weathered the storm of not having those goal scorers in your side, and are still in a relatively decent position. Yeah, I think that it will pay off. You know, it depends on when when we're saying pay off. That's the problem because fundamentally, you know, managers have still got to get results. So I think that this this run, this new shape, the way Liverpool have gone about the business, the way they've impressed, what, the, what the, all the positives I think are all the best thing about it is they're all positives for the long term. They're all long term positives for Liverpool. Mm. Whereas the issue that Brendan Rodgers has got is 
he still needs to, you know, he still needs, Liverpool still needs to look like they're going to come forth. Mm-hmm. That clock is ticking, you know, it's, 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 it's a great result against Chelsea, but there is a point to be made here, which is that Liverpool played really, really well, but they only got one goal. And this is, it's an ongoing thing and it's an ongoing issue. And, and, and this is why, you know, people think I'm, I bore on about this and, and, I, and I do to a certain extent, but this is why your first responsibility, whether it's, uh, directors of football, whether it's transfer committees, whether or not it's you yourself as the manager, whether or not it's the ownership, the first thing that you should be getting ticked off every summer is: Do we have enough goals? Mm. Have we got? Are, are the forwards good enough? That should be your top number one priority. Every, and certainly when you've got a manager like Brendan Rodgers, because he'll he, set his sides up to create to play football all day. So if you got, if you can go, well, well, I'm looking at these lads here, and we've got we've got four proper goal scorers. You're going to be fine. Mm. It's going to work out for you. And this, I think, is is going to be whether. You've said there, you know, will there be positives long term? I think it's more, there are people at Anfield and you can name that, you can include Brendan Rodgers in this list um, where because he had, his, he had his ropey six weeks, eight weeks, but there will be people at the end of the season who you would be able to articulate, even if things go well for Liverpool, he's got away, got away with that one a bit. Mm. Because they didn't solve this thing. And if yeah. Liverpool pull out the bag, they come fourth, they come third, they win a trophy. Brilliant. All Everyone's great, everyone's happy, everything's fantastic in the garden. But there will still be an element of, got away with one a little bit here. Yeah, it, it, it is. It, it does have that feeling to it, even now, Neil, because and looking at the feeling on Twitter, I think it was actually yourself that retweeted it. Or, it might not have been, but um, the, the tweet read that Liverpool are the form team in the Premier League. It just doesn't feel like it. Yeah. And that, that's very much the sentiment that sort of echoes Manfield at the moment because with the exception of that Chelsea game, it's still not been fantastic, but it's found a formula that works. And I think, I think I don't know, maybe maybe it is, you know, modern-day football, the fact that we're not sort of praising that enough. Has Rodgers got away with one or has he actually played the blind? But, but has both, he actually done something? But the problem is that we shouldn't really be saying it as though the black or white these days. Yeah. It's actually both things yeah. are true uh, and I think that both things will remain true hopefully uh, for the rest of the season, I really do think. But that still means that you've got to... And the problem is, you know, football clubs are the, the, the living things, the living organisms, they keep changing all the time. So it's quite... I. I I can sound like an idiot if I start to go, well, you know, we should, we should have bought players for Brandon Rodgers' 3-4-3. Well, Brandon Rodgers' 3-4-3 didn't exist in August, lads. Yeah. So you can't, you know, you can't now be going, well, I look at the bench there and it doesn't feel as though there's a clean change and it doesn't, there's not an obvious one. I think you've got to, you, you know, you've got to stick with the fact that football's fluid and, uh, and it's hard and the reason why people, you know, earn the money that they earn is because it's hard. But, Things can be everything can be right and everything can be wrong all the mm-hmm. time. And I think that, that, that the Bolton game sums up this this the, the, and, and the, all the results over the weekends because we, we talked there about Chelsea as well you know I think I think it says there's, there, there is the idea of Liverpool not being the form team I or being the form team and not feeling like the form team is actually because this league's not very good there's lots yeah. of sides in this league that aren't that aren't terrific. Chelsea, who everyone they came to Anfield in November and everyone thought they looked absolutely untouchable. They thought that it was like the 06 Chelsea team. You know that that side when played 16 16 games of the season, it had won 14 and drawn the other one of the other two. You know that that's how good that team was. And I think that fundamentally these football sides not as good as they were. Do you with with the storage thing? Um, the, the, of course, there's the, a great irony. I think that waiting to happen the. He comes back in at Liverpool, and as good as they have been, is one of them um, playing devil's advocate, I suppose. But the, the other is, do you think there's been too much importance placed on his return? Because you look at Liverpool, took 14 from 16 in the Premier League. It doesn't get much better than that, or, or, apart from, well, aside from the goals. There was this, there was this wonderful thing I saw. Um, there was a fella uh, who put on Twitter. I can't remember who it was. Now we shouldn't really talk about Twitter too much. But there was this, this, this. Someone put United's eight game run from earlier in the season when they'd won seven and drawn one, and this guy won, and he put afterwards, and they're going to get better than that. 
And there was things some of them in my brain went, well, he might look like they play better football, <laughs> yeah. but the only way that he can get better is to win eight from eight in every eight games. Exactly. And no one's doing that. Yeah. And But I think that this is, fundamentally, this is the, you split between your results business and your actual football business, if you see what I mean. But do you think, do you think generally we put too much <laughs> emphasis on performance? Because... You know, you see sometimes Liverpool do one all against Chelsea and the performance was lauded. I lauded it myself. I thought it was a brilliant performance. But at the end of the day, it was still a 1-1 draw. How many games have Liverpool scrapped and won this season? In my opinion, I think too much is placed on performances these days. Could be, but it also could be that I would look. You know, this is this is this is one of those conversations that I'd actually love to have with with, with football managers, and yeah. you'll never get them to have because they'll never be this, this open and honest about it. Because yeah. what do they think is the answer to that one? But also, two, would they would, would one of them turn around and go, "I think you put too much emphasis on results, mate." Well, see, the thing the thing is, uh, and it, we'll get on to Martinez in a bit, but that that's the sort of feeling I get sometimes from Martinez that he'd sometimes sacrifice, and I know it sounds ludicrous, but he'd sometimes sacrifice, or he'd have you think that sacrificing a win for a decent performance is not a bad thing and I, I just think that's crazy I think it's it's I, I think this is a an intriguing football thing and as I say it'd be nice to speak to Martin about yeah. it and, 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 and do so in an environment which he felt was a safe environment and you'll never get and that get a it doesn't genuine, exist yeah, but I think there's I think football managers are, are placed in this constant question between process and outcome, mm. and that, and, and what do you focus on? You, you said, do you, do you go into you do your job day in day out as a football manager to work on a process to improve these footballers and improve this team, and then trust that the outcome comes, or do you you go into it and go, we just need outcomes here, lads. We just need mm. outcomes, and I do feel as though on that debate, Rogers and Martinez are on more on the process side, and Benitez and Moyes, to use those two exactly. examples, yeah. are very much going, I mean, it's, this is this is my job of work, this is what I'm here to do, but then the other side of that is, for instance, when you see the, the development of, of the, you know, this, this set of Liverpool players mm-hmm. that we've been talking about now for the last six weeks or so, when you see the growth in someone like Emre Jan, when you see the growth in Markovic, when you see the growth in Henderson, when you see the growth in Sterling, in Coutinho, you can go, but the process there is working. Yeah. The process is working and there have been outcomes. suppose that the thing to draw the line under is to say how difficult management actually is, how much of a juggling act it actually is. We'll talk about, we'll talk about Evan after the break, but um, I'm, I, 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 I'm fascinated by this conversation and, and where, the, where these little bits and pieces, where, 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 where things come into this, because I think that, you know, and different supporters want different things. So you speak to someone and they'll go, I'd love to see young players yeah. come through. But you'll speak to someone else and they'll go, I just want to win, mate. Yeah, because you get you get people, genu- genuinely you get people that would rather see Liverpool's performance against Chelsea in that one all draw than Liverpool win 1-0 scrappy a game against Bolton at home in the FA Cup. Because they feel as though if you don't have the process right, eventually the outcomes will stop. Whereas, and this is my entire... Just blind faith, really, though, well, isn't it? Well, yeah, way? because if you don't have to, because you've just got to think, well, it, at some point, if you if you put... United have been a really good example of it. We've all been saying now for, for weeks, everyone's been looking at each other going, at some point, United, it's, it's going to stop. And it sort of is beginning to do so, because yeah. the reason why is, but, but this is the major thing, and this is why... This is why I won't stop banging this drum now. If you have goal scorers, you'll get both. If you have both goal scorers, they can cover so many cracks in every single side. Goal scorers cover cracks, and they have done throughout all of football history. Eighty three, eighty four, Liverpool win the European Cup, they win the league, they win the they win the League Cup. It's not talked about enough. It's a massive achievement. But Ian Rush scores forty nine goals. He scores forty nine goals in all comps, and that I think is you know if you've always got someone that you you can have in every team everywhere you want you've got someone on the you've got someone on the bench you've got someone on the pitch if you've got goals then we can all make everyone else better players because someone's going to put it in the back of the net. This is all the game. Just, Neil, whoa, whoa, whoa. just before we go, Neil. Sorry, I just, I just don't think you want to talk about Everton. Dave. Uh, that's right. Yeah, I'm putting it off as long as I can. Uh, I just want to say thanks to the lads on 
Twitter you've got in touch with us at City Talk to let us know about the mics thank you very much thanks gents uh, if you want to come in and produce the show more than welcome we do need one <laughs> this is uh, this is all in the game Neil Atkinson and David Downey be with you till 7 after the break we're going to talk about the Blues it's all in the game with Neil Atkinson and David Downey on City Talk 105.9 when my mic wasn't on in part one, I said I, I said to Dave Downey, what I want to talk about is, have Everton ever been angrier than they are right now? Because as far as I can see, social media, talking to people, etc., etc. Dave, listening to the Blue Room, Evertonians fuming. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. livid. No, and it was, it's summed up by what happened last week with the penalty and all that sort of stuff. And I've got a theory on this. I'm going to come on to it in a minute, my theory. But okay. before we get to that point, you you know, hit me with the um, hit hit me with the, the with how angry you th- you feel as though everyone is. Well, I think everyone's irate for a whole different number of reasons, Neil. And that's that. I think that's the, the crux of the problem. And I'm. Our fan base, generally, I think, is edging towards how Liverpool's become under Benitez. We were talking about how divisive a figure he was in the break there and um, how much he divided opinion, outcome versus process, that sort of thing. Um, And I'm very much an outcome person with Evan at the moment, and I think the majority are now... um, Whereas I think there's very few left who actually believe in, in, in process. And that, that doesn't mean to say that they don't believe in Martinez can bring the outcome through the process that he's trying to instill, but uh, there's just there's just mad things happening that shouldn't happen at Everton or that haven't happened at Everton. Um, and, you know, it's a, it's a harsh reality for a lot of people at the moment. And uh, to answer your question, the, the only time I've few more as an Evertonian is when Gary McAllister scored that goal, but... Yeah, it's in a, it's a, in an angry, volatile place. And do you know what? I'd actually like to see that transform into our crowd at games, backing our players, getting angry with the opposition. And the, the case in point is Monday night against West Brom, the crowd were absolutely dead, uh, poor. Uh, Sylvester Stallone comes on the big screen at half time. The biggest cheers come when he's filming his Rocky piece in the middle of the pitch. That that's when the biggest noise happens at Goodison. Um, then, in in terms of in-game, crowd level, mm. uh, Stephen A. Smith gets pushed. Um, he was a buyer, is it Jacob, in the area uh, twice, and he's holding on to him, holding on to him, and eventually when a free kick comes in, he pushes him into the back of the, the Gladys Street net. Crowd is in uproar, and Everton have their 10, 15 minutes where it's pretty much an onslaught, piling pressure onto West Brom. N- nothing's really happening in terms of chances or anything mm. like that, but that atmosphere is there, the angry atmosphere, the... You familiarise your, your, your supporters with when an injustice happens on a pitch. Mm. Um, that happened, and in general, that's the feeling, the overwhelming feeling amongst Evertonians at the moment. I would say is anger, but I don't see it translating to anything positive. Uh, it, it just it just seems to be very counterproductive. I.e., Ross Barkley is getting it's getting it down the lines at the moment from the crowd and. The, the simple, the simple thing, question to ask about that is, who, who's it benefiting? Who, who, who does that help? Who does that anger actually help? Put your anger into getting behind the sides. It, it all cliche things, basically, Neil. And the thing about Ross Barkley is, and I think I identified it on our show a few months ago. I actually think the lad's a lot more of a, a deeper sort of person. A sense people of, give him a credit for. Soul. He's not a Wayne Rooney where it's water off a duck's back. He's not a Wayne Rooney who'll thrive in that environment. He's not like a Suarez where. Mm. Abuse spares him on. I don't think he's like that. I think he's a lot more tender than that, and uh, I'm I'm quite worried about what what could happen to that end because there were a few, a few times on Monday where he picked the ball up where we want him to pick the ball up, and he looked he looked scared, he looked afraid to do anything. He he, he beat on the rare occasion when he did beat a couple of players. And he asked him to put the ball through or to put his foot through it and shoot. 
he looked for an easy option. He, he wanted rid of the ball. He didn't look like he wanted to carry the football. And it's spiraling out of control. It's a vicious circle because it just keeps on deteriorating at the moment. And I'm, I'm worried about Everton, Neil, I've got to say. I, I am genuinely worried because, you know, you look at the fixtures on the horizon. Palace away, who've won three on the spin under Pardew. Mm-hmm. We've got a Merseyside derby. God knows what happens there. Go away to Chelsea, which you've got to pretty much write off at this moment in time, the way we're playing. And then the penalty. <laughs> so it's uh, it's an angry time. It is. Uh, that, that's the, you know, the... the... The feeling that I'm getting as well, as I say, is, is, is this idea of, ang- of of what this doing. Is there an argument to take some of these lads, maybe to take the more sensitive souls out of this, out of the limelight a little bit? Is there an argument to maybe put, put Barkley on the bench for a couple of games, let him get, it, let him find his feet coming off the bench rather than um, putting him through this process? Certainly at Goodison. Well, see, I, I think that. I mean, I look at it a different way with him because he's he's the type that would suffer if he was put on the bench mm. and that. I get the I get the impression that and I don't know him personally. I get the impression that if that was to happen that would knock him even further. So I think it's a really, really intricate situation with how you handle Ross Barkley at the moment. But in in, in terms of, you know, taking other players out you know, I want 11 Stephen Naismiths on the pitch at the moment. Yeah. I want some great determination. You look at Naismith when Morales grabs the ball for the penalty. He's the one that goes up. He's the one who says, look, what are you doing? What are you playing at? He takes the pens round here. He was the one who stood up, come into a post-match interview and completely calmed the situation down, took the sting out of it. Said, yeah, Kevin was in good form, wanted to take the penalty. Let's move on. Mm. And he's a real, he's a man's man, Stephen Naismith, in my opinion. And I want to see, I'd like to see 11 of him on the pitch if I possibly could because the one who has surprised me throughout it all is Gareth Barry. Um, in terms of showing any sort of signs of, of, of leadership, which he which he has carried in abundance over the screen. He's Villa captain for years. Yep. Uh, He's captain a, City. Yeah, exactly. A foundation in the Man City side, captained them. Come to Everton, showed a huge amount of responsibility, which ended, ended up in him getting a, a contract with us. He seems to have shied away. And the thing that I have the problem with that I'm starting to wonder now is the stuff that we didn't like under Moyes, the stuff that we hated and we wanted rid of and that we didn't want Everton playing like and behaving like has gone but it's taken with it some of the battling qualities that he had in that side and for instance you know I know you're going to ask me about the penalty we're going to talk about the penalty and I've got a number of different views on this I might sound very you know hypocritical here because last week I was fuming with it you know we talked about the anger I think I was absolutely fuming that nobody's you know, protested to him stronger than Stephen Naismith or Lukaku at the time. Um, but my, my, my take on it is, well, it, it stretches deeper if there's that sort of disciplinary issue. If it is indeed a disciplinary issue, I can only speculate as to who it is because the lab was brought off at half-time with oh. a suspected, in inverted commas, hamstring injury. That happened. Now, would that have happened under David Moyes? That's the, the thing that I found myself asking him that question and the answer is, uh, 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 you know, a certain no. And that I think you know it, it signals to me that there are deeper issues there, and I really hope I'm wrong. On Barry, I think the fair, I think Barry's got this problem, bit, bit of a problem here, which is I think because he's struggling with his own game, because he's he's very probably very aware of, of of how he's underperforming, and it's something that he wants to resolve. I just I I think you've seen, I've seen that happen with a number of players at Anfield where they become less of the leader you want them to be. Because they're not playing well, and it is this idea of I'm worried about me. I've got to sort me out a little bit more here. It was it was it wasn't quite as pronounced as that with Gerard earlier this season, but I think there was an ele- element yeah. of that at times with Gerard where you can see, you know, because he's having to work hard to make sure he's playing at at, at his best level. That he, he's in, 
he can't take control of, of situa- little situations on the pitch as much as maybe he should. <laughs> so I think that that's, you know, I think that's that player, and that's what that player, that, that problem that player's got. But you know, to ask the question, would it have happened under Moyes? I'd have been stunned if it would have happened under Moyes. Mm. I think. I actually think that one of the things that's thrown up in, in hindsight from it is Evan Ovenar got a lot of good penalty takers. <laughs> you know, I, I, Lukaku used to take the pens. Yeah. Um, you know, Barry, Barry himself. Well, we've seen that in the shootout, didn't yeah. we, last week? Is any one of us, uh, well, aside from the goalkeeper, there's only one that missed, and that was Naismith. Yeah. You I think takes the pens for Scotland. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everton have got a lot of number of good penalty takers, and you really would, you really would back them. And that's what we victims had on success, Neil. Yeah, <laughs> too many must, must be going off in the dressing room. Yeah. But I, no, I think it seems to me to be just a, this generalised malaise. And I think the problem is, and I've I've thought this for years. I think this happens to Everton. I think it used to happen under Moyes, and I think, and this is my theory, and this is why I think it's difficult for Everton and at times because I, I think that the, to go back to what we were almost talking about in part one in a sense Everton because of what they achieved last season and as I say I thought this happened to Moyes a couple of times people now take a point and all over everywhere they go <coughs> you go to their place they come to your place they're happy to take a point and they're just going we'll just sit here we're just going to sit here forever and we'll just battle and we now know that this is a big game and it's going to be a big test for us but we, we can get something and this is how we're going to do it, and this is our plan. And I think that, and I think this used to happen under Moyes. And I think that the, one of the one of the problems I think that you've got when that happens to you is no matter how good you are, and Everton haven't got as many good players as Chelsea, as Manchester City, as Liverpool. Arguably, haven't got as many good players. You. Even those sides, Liverpool just struggled to get to, to, to open the scoring against Bolton at the weekend. Chelsea got them, you know, City were kept to it, kept to it, uh, didn't, didn't score mm. uh, at the weekend. You've got this situation, I think, where it becomes really, really difficult. And as I say, I used to think this happened under David Moyes, and you'd often see Everton have a strong, strong season, and then the following season, mm. they take forever to get themselves going for, for one reason or another. And because Moyes was a good manager, not a great one, you know, at some point they'd finally get themselves going, and it'd be all right, and all this sort of stuff. But I do think that if you're not, if you haven't, even if you have got David Silva and loads of lads like David Silva, even if you've got that, this can be really hard. Mm. But if you haven't, and sides come to your ground and they just go, we, because I mean, the, the, the statistics of that game were, were, were crazy. But it, and they just go. Well, we're just going to sit here. We really aren't bothered. Yeah. And I think that that's something which I, I and I think it happens every other year. And I think it must be. And this is why I think everyone is angry. It's not just. I think it's deep in the Martinez thing because it's so frustrating for Everton. Because all you want to, to feel your football team doing is progress, improvements, getting better. You know, just mm-hmm. this idea of you know last season we came fifth, the next season we're going to come fourth, so on and so forth. And I think that and I think that that is because that doesn't happen. Really, for Everton, I think I think that's mm-hmm. what's driving people to distraction. Well, th- yeah, I I agree, and in, in, in by and large, I do agree with you. But th- there's there's two things I'd say about it to make it look even worse than it perhaps, and I'm hoping it actually is. Or, or you know, that I'm I'm thinking, well, maybe this is a genuine problem. Um, the the first one is I thought Moises side was far better equipped at dealing with sides who did come and put ten behind the ball than Martinez yeah. is, um, and it it sort of. It, it gets up my nose a little bit that Martinez hasn't sort of found that thing himself yeah. a, a, a different way of winning um, I, I thought the coach he is the man he is and the people person that he is I, I genuinely thought he would have done that by now uh, and, and very much stopped the rot and the second thing is where we seem wonderfully inept uh, compared to the side of last season and, and I think when we have had the chance to play football when we have had the chance to express ourselves, get our full-backs forward, influence the game, Ross Barkley getting on the ball, Lukaku running at people. That When that's happened, we've failed miserably at making any inroads to in games. And 
I, I think that's the, the main problem for me because we could we could be comf- comfortably languishing in eighth or ninth right now. Um, yeah. You know, with, with reasonable shouts of you know, let's get back in the Europa League next season, uh, finish above Liverpool, whatnot. You know, to, to be something to aspire to at this stage of the season now. It's very much about safety, and it pains me to say it, and I can't believe I'm saying it, but that's what it actually is. Everton needs to get to 40 points as quick as possible. And I don't, I don't think there's that much of a difference in, in anything that's happened other than the fact that Everton have been just poor at what they did well last season. Just doubt. Yeah, it's the problem. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's very much a momentum, more of a momentum side than Moyes ever was, and we thought that was the pinnacle of how momentum was played. Moyes loved the back against the wall job. Moyes loved playing Man City because it was... That underdog thing, he loved it. Everton trying to find an identity and, and be the bigger dog in the pound, if you will. That is a whole different kettle of fish that we can't deal with, that we no experience of dealing with, and we're struggling to come to terms with who Everton are as a side at the moment, I think, in, in terms of breaking smaller teams down. OK, all in the game, Neil Atkinson and David Darnie. Be with you till six o'clock. What we're going to do now is we're going to go to a break, and afterwards we'll talk about Liverpool's game against Chelsea coming up. <laughs> It's all in the game with David Downey and Neil Atkinson. On City Talk 105.9. Here we go, all in the game. City Talk 105.9. Neil Atkinson and David Downey with you until 7 o'clock. Um, had a nice time in Dublin. Uh, if any of the lads are listening, well in. Uh, all went very, very well, and I got here on time, and everything, everything bar the microphones has functioned and worked. So that's, uh, that's, a, that, that, that's a big win for us, Dave. The funny, the funny thing was, you were that disorientated. You, you sat in, you've sat in that chair ever since I've known you, apart from this one when you do the Anfield rap. Yeah. All in the game, that's your spot there, right in front of me, in front of the window. And you sat where the middle mic is for some reason, some, some unknown reason. And maybe when you, Steve's finished reading the news, you normally go and get a new usual perch. But you just stayed there. Just stayed there. I, I mean, I, you know, I run a strong no way. Says a lot. I'm on my own back. I'm very much on my own back about this, but we'll get through it. We'll, we'll get through it all together. And you've got all sorts of shows to do after this as yeah. well. Will, will Liverpool get through against Chelsea? What's your gut instinct fast? Yes. Really? Uh, yeah. I, I do believe it. I, I said on the last hour to, to uh, Sangi and um, Mark Quayle, we had on. I, I said, you know, you, 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 your first instinct to say Chelsea because the you know wounded animal type of thing from the Bradford game gone by and on the weekends and all that. But I actually, I actually think Liverpool will have, will have something up the sleeve for, for Chelsea. I think, I think Sturridge might get a game as well. I think he might come on second half. Uh, Rogers making noises that he's looked, he looked great in training or whatever. Um, the past few weeks, past few days. I could, I could see Liverpool turning up there and doing a job. I could see Lucas being imperative to it. Um, I could see Chelsea going for it too much that Liverpool hit them with Sterling, with Markovic. I think Markovic will be a big player for Liverpool tomorrow night. I've just got it in my head that he's going to be involved in every main incident that Liverpool have going forward. I have it in my head that he's going to cause their full-backs, whichever side it is that he goes to, a lot of problems. Because, I mean, you didn't see the Bradford goals, but as Pilaqueta was playing left side for Chelsea and he got absolutely ripped to shreds by some lad from League One. Mm. So, yeah, I do actually. I think Liverpool will go through. I think it, I think it might they might go to penalties. I think it might be one-all. But I think Liverpool will go through. Excellent news. That'll do me. Uh, David Downey's called it for us there, Reds. Uh, splendid. Remember that one tomorrow night. I think it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be a really tough game. Uh, I think the most important thing is that Liverpool go at it hard. I think they've got to back themselves. And I think there's got to be... The idea of just 
leaving it all out there, doing this, doing a proper for <clears throat> forget the one twenty aspect because I think that's already in everyone's head, yeah. and I think you can you can lose focus because of that. Forget the one twenty aspect. Can you do the ninety first and foremost? That you're going to have to do is from a Liverpool perspective. I don't think we go through without scoring twice. Then we've got to bear that in mind as well. I think that you, you know we need to get the two goals. As silly as it sounds, Neil, I, I actually you know you talk about season defining games. I think this is actually a lot more to Liverpool tomorrow night than a. League Cup semi-final and getting to Wembley as big as that is because I, I think what this does is it, it reinvigorates you for the rest of the season that you can go and perform away at these sides again like last season mm. it doesn't have to be a steamroller performance it can be any sort of scrappy win even even you know a 2 old draw after the 120 like we've said could get you through just that sort of belief that you may still feel is well, lacking from the fact that you haven't played well despite the fact that the results have been Brilliant, you know. So that, I, I think it's a massive, massive game for Liverpool. I think the second forty-five showed that the other night. I thought that the second yeah. forty-five against Chelsea really showed, showed again about, about confidence, about belief. The mm. difference between Liverpool when they conceded the first goal against Real Madrid and when they conceded the first goal against Chelsea, where when they were when they were at home to Real Madrid, yeah, it was like watching someone with amnesia get, trying to get the memory back. It, it, it just seemed to fall naturally again, and I, it looked ominous. I thought that, yeah. And there's, 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 there's so, there were so many reasons to be cheerful from that game, and this is why I agree with you. I think if Liverpool, I'm, I'm very much one this season for all I've, all I've wanted us to do is to focus on the league. It's mm-hmm. so all I've wanted this year is to focus just on the league. But I do think now that the idea of getting through against Chelsea, getting that game done, I think would be it would be huge. It'd be a massive boost for the football team, and I think that they come out of it all going, yeah. Yeah, we like us again here. We're, mm. we're really, really good, really, really strong. And it's it, it, it's it's what football, you know, sometimes things turn seasons in, in, in different competitions. And this has become, I was worried before the first leg because I thought Chelsea can find the little gaps, they can undo us, they can make our life difficult. And they did do that a little bit first half. But then Liverpool's attitude, approach, every single quality that they had was just there. It was just up front. And mm. I think that that's... That's it. I think you've got to have a defining performance. You've got to have one. And Liverpool, hopefully, can get this one against Chelsea. And hopefully, the gaps that I worry about, the little pressure points that there is in this side, they won't be exposed. And they will hopefully, hopefully still have too much for Chelsea in this second leg. Yeah, and, and you know, what I was saying about Chelsea feeling as though that, you know, that they're going to come out all guns blazing in, in spite of the result on Saturday. Well, Liverpool are going to come out feeling the same because you, you should have won at least two, maybe three one against Chelsea last Tuesday. Excuse me, um, and I actually think that sense of injustice will play on Liverpool players' minds. You have got Gerrard. Oh, I think Rodgers has played the blinder um, without knowing what's going to happen tomorrow. That Gerrard comes back in, into this fresh, having seen having having his last ma- memory on a football pitch is the one of Liverpool steamrolling in Chelsea last Tuesday. He's going to want more of that. I think he's going to be chomping at the bit to get it out there tomorrow night. And if Sturridge is back, I just wonder. I just wonder. Roger said he's not going to rush him back, and you know the usual things a manager says when a player's been out long term. But I just wonder if it comes to the crunch and Liverpool need a goal, would would he risk him? Would he risk him if he's not fully fit? It'd be a massive call. Do you know what I mean? Well, the one thing you don't want to see yeah. is storage, storage limping off. No, you, that, that's, that's, that's the thing. The, the season's far more important than that. I, I do agree with that, but I, I just think you know he seems desperate for the trophy this season, Rodgers as well. That, that's the other thing I'd say. He does seem, you know, like this is massive part of his legacy at Liverpool is going to be getting a trophy on the board, and I, I think it'd be all good places. It wouldn't surprise me if storage plays. Who'd have him start? 
I'd be stunned oh, if he started. I would be, I would be stunned I'd if be he started. But then again, started. that is the exact type of um, counter Mourinho tactic that you want to see. Though I think, I think if he if he starts, Jose would be sitting there going, "Hang on, if this fella's back here, boys. We, you know, we need to have a little bit, bit more of a deeper think than this. Than with all due respect, having Barini run running from yeah. pillar to post. You know what I mean? And being able to bully him, Sturridge is a different animal completely." I don't think he starts, and I, I and to be honest with you, I'd be looking to I'd be looking to keep him away from it if, if, if possible. I can yeah. see there's a reason to have him on the bench, and there's actually a reason to have him on the bench, even if you, you've got no intention of using him, which is that you are beginning to put that doubt in 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 the Chelsea players' minds. Hang on, they've got this fella to come into this here. Yeah, uh, we, we need to, we we need to be right on our game, and I think that's why he's getting talked about at the moment. Sturridge, I think it's, it could well be as much one of them from Rodgers, where he's he's going. I'm going to talk Sturridge up here. Matt, I'm not going to use him. I'm going to mm. talk about massively. So when Mourinho goes to bed tonight. He's thinking about what team he's going to pick tomorrow. In the back of his mind is, but what if Sturridge plays? Yeah. And I think that's that's the that's the game at the minute that Rodgers is playing. I think if you can if you can do it without him, find a way to do it without him because you really need to. I don't think he'll start. You know, I'm, I'm saying this like I know, and I've got a sports science degree, but I I, I don't see him starting a game before the game, the derby. I don't think he starts before the derby. And of course, he's going to start that, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's. I think that if you if you yeah. if, if, if you're looking at the Liverpool's next three <coughs> games, that's the one you're targeting for. But it's just very very important that Liverpool do what they did in the in the first leg. Well, uh, that's the most important thing. Just do what you did in the first leg, lads. Just have that intensity, have that drive. We know you can't do it every game because it's inhuman. So you but you didn't do it against Bolton. You were keeping something back. This is the time to yeah. lash it all out. I completely agree. Even about having him on the bench with no intention of playing him is a massive thing because how long is it since we've seen Liverpool with Daniel Sturridge in the side? The potential threat of that to any side that make you think twice about mm. how you're going to approach the game. Um, you know, it's not going to be you know find Sterling as much space as you can and give him the ball, get him behind Chelsea's back four. It's going to be you know a lad that can play the ball to feet, a lad that can turn defenders. That different psychological approach in your mind, how you're going to play this there's, game there's comes an, into it. There's another reason why you don't start storage. And the other reason why you don't start storage is I don't think Liverpool's... I, th- I think if you start storage, you, it becomes increasingly difficult to find a place for Steven Gerrard. Yeah. And I think that you've, you've rested Gerrard for the Bolton game. And this is why I would presume... This is why I don't need to... I think you've rested Gerrard for the Bolton game. You knew you wanted him for the second leg of this. You want to get Gerrard on the pitch as you, you know, for a wide variety of reasons, some of which might be more emotive than, than downright analytical, frankly. Mm-hmm. If you put storage in there, and I think this is something Liverpool are going to have to address pretty soon, it's quite... You want to see Sterling on the pitch... And the form Coutinho's been in, you want to see Coutinho on the pitch. So you're looking then at that front three and you're going, well, it's Sturridge, Coutinho, Sterling. And then you're going, well, where, where, where are you getting Steven then? You're going to drop him back into centre midfield. Well, we've seen Lucas and Gerrard doesn't work. Mm. So you've got and Lucas Henderson is thriving. And Lu- Lucas and Henderson, you know, lo- looks like it's functioning. And you also want to get Henderson on pitch on the pitch in centre midfield with an eye on what you're going to do with him next season. Presume he's going to you know, he's going to you're going to stay there. You obviously don't want him at wing back. So you end up in a situation where. As soon as Sturridge comes back in, it's really, really tricky to see exactly where, where, where Gerard slots in. Now, that's great because you've got the same question around Lallana. And now, what I was saying before in part one, you look at Liverpool's bench, you're looking at Liverpool's bench going, aye, aye, there's options here. Whoever it is who's rested or rotated. But I think that's the... You give Gerard this you give Gerard this opportunity to go to Stamford Bridge. You don't risk Sturridge. And you just fold him back in over the next few weeks. 
How do you approach the game, Neil? Quickly? Uh, very quick. Well, literally quickly. Uh, I think you've got to. <laughs> think you've got to go. You've got to go with so much intensity and desire, and that's the most important thing. And regardless of what the result is, to talk process versus outcome one more time, listeners, this week, I just want to see Liverpool put a ninety in that you're able to go afterwards proud of those lads. Yeah. That's all in the game, folks. See you next week.